0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Yeah, we're right there with you. Was not expecting that. A trade, sure, maybe move up, more likely move back, but the trade completely out of the first round and for Marquise Hollywood-Brown, a proven wide receiver, we'll take it. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 558, and it starts now.
1: Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown, DeAndre Hopkins. Here's Craig Griolu and Mike Jarecki. Well,
0: so much for all those mock drafts and pre-draft prep for the first round because, well... Yeah, just strip it all into shreds because the Cardinals threw everything out the window. General Manager Steve Keim trading that number 23 overall pick for wide receiver Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Did not anticipate this, did not expect this, but you know what? It is a pleasant surprise on day one of the 2022 NFL Draft.
1: Shocker. Pleasantly surprised. And Steve Kime is, is his 10th year, obviously, running the draft along with his, his scouts and coaches and his personnel people. Kind of read the, the draft, and we knew there was going to be a run on wide receivers, and he felt like, hey, I'm willing to offer the 23rd overall pick, and I'm going to go out and get a, a proven v, a veteran player in the league who's going to be reunited with Kyler Murray. Uh, they liked him in the draft. It feels like we're talking about the 2019 draft now. And you talk about... You know, all offseason, they got to find a number two. And then, you know, clearly they re sign A.J. Green, probably two and a half or three. They talked about Rondell Moore. You can check that box. They have a number two receiver. They can do a ton of things on offense. They want to go four or five wide. You want to spread teams out. You got some athletes out there. And I'm sure Colin Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are going to be figuring this out. But give the, the Cardinals a lot of credit. They didn't wait, they didn't reach. Um, And they also acquire a third-round pick, 100th overall. So now going into the draft, you only had three in the first three rounds. Now you have at least three, and you have a a proven player that you know is going to help this offense.
0: Before we get into Brown and his role within this offense, you mentioned the third-round pick, number 100 overall. Cardinals will now have three picks on day two. 55, 87, and 100. So I like the addition of a third-round pick. Now Marquise Brown entering his fourth season. His fifth-year option, much like Kyler Murray, will be exercised according to general manager Steve Kime. We can get into that in a moment, but just the particulars because you brought up the draft and how it was unfolding. The first wide receiver off the board with the Atlanta Falcons and the eighth overall pick, it was Drake London. And then after Charles Cross was the selection of the Seahawks at number nine, three straight wide receivers went off the board. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams. Then all of a sudden there was rumblings of what might be happening with the Arizona Cardinals. Six wide receivers with Traylon Burks going to number eighteen. Six. the first 18 picks and you want to be true to your board if the cardinals were looking to add a wide receiver certainly now all of a sudden you go to maybe that second or third tier and you'd have to think that this had been in the works, talking about the trade, or at least some discussions between Cardinals and Ravens to go out and acquire a proven wide receiver as opposed to someone that, again, maybe had some question marks because you just don't know what you're going to get from a lot of these draft picks.
1: Yeah, and, and the key is the Cardinals own his rights for the next couple of years. Steve Kine mentioned at a press conference they're going to pick a fifth-year option. Um, and you could tell that Lamar Jackson is not very happy Uh, based on his uh, social media account, and I think everyone's surprised. Uh, Again, when it comes to trades, uh, I I know that, you know, a lot of teams wheel and deal, but what we're talking about, big-time five-star players, moving up for Buda Baker, okay, going out and making the trade for Chandler Jones, going out and making the trade for DeAndre Hopkins, um, going out and getting Carson Palmer. I mean, uh, again – Rodney Hudson, Zach Ertz. There's there's, – three or four ways you build a roster, okay? It's obviously the draft is, you, is your belly of your roster in the future. Um, you, you also signing free agents, retain your own, trades, and then trying to figure it out. So, I mean, it's – I mean, I, again, <laughs> and, it, and the whole idea, Craig, and, and, and I would have taken any of those receivers because they all had a little bit of upside, but – we know how difficult this offense is. Just look at Rondell Moore. Look at Christian Kirk in his first year. Even Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, it, it, it's it's difficult. But now you got a plug-and-play guy. Uh, the very he's very familiar with the, the offense they ran with the Ravens. They're going to use him the same way here. Um, it's a no-brainer. This is this is a home run for the Cardinals. Twelfth draft day
0: trade and Steve Kimes 10 years as general manager, and he's had at least one trade in eight of those 10 years, and still we've got day two and day three. Now, he has never traded out of the first round and has never traded out of the first round for a player, but you're looking at someone Five nine one eighty, so not the prototypical outside wide receiver that we had been talking about leading into the draft as far as a big target, 6 feet and above, 6'2", 6'3", like a Traylon Burks, but Marquise Brown and General Manager Steve Kime talked about it as well in his press briefing after the acquisition. You can utilize Brown anywhere on the football field. Tyreek Hill, not a 6-foot receiver, but you can use him all over the field. And if you have that type of wide receiver, then I'm okay with not a big body. That's a rare exception to where you can line up a five-foot-nine wide receiver on the outside and be comfortable with that spot. So I do like it in that aspect because it does now open everything up as far as the offense is concerned.
1: Yeah, you know, I was I was in agreeing with you about getting that big physical receiver on the outside and, and you know, uh, Johan Dotson didn't have that, but he did play a ton on the outside. We looked at Burks; he fit the profile. But then I started figuring it out. I there's there's I mean, you're talking about if the Cardinals want to go four wide, who's who's going to cover who? You you talk about them picking on a third and fourth corner. I mean, these guys, could, and you got a guy that can take him off the top of the defense, along with Rondell Moore. You got you got a guy to like hop, obviously a really good red zone target. You got A.J. Green, who can maybe get some first downs for you with some of the the, the back shoulder fades and the 50-50 balls. So um, it's going to be intriguing. Now, you know, I, I do think, and it wouldn't surprise me, and I don't know anything, I would think that the next uh, couple of days. It's going to be heavy defense, and the only other position I could see is running back at some point and maybe a quarterback in the seventh round or an undrafted free agent, but I think they're going to go heavy on defense over these next couple days just based on – Them going offense considering the last couple of years defensive inside linebacker.
0: I'd add interior offensive line as well as far as day two and day three is concerned. But now with this offense, because you always talk about, all right, DeAndre Hopkins went healthy. All the attention, all the focus is on that side of the field. Well, not anymore. You re-signed A.J. Green. You re-signed Zach Ertz. Do we see Ertz in the slot? Do we see him with him in his hand in the dirt? And now all of a sudden, Rondell Moore going into year two. You add Marquise Brown. Oh, by the way, you got James Conner in the backfield. If healthy, this on paper is shaping up to be a very high-powered offense.
1: They really can go five wide, four wide, and Zach Ertz. And that, and that means, obviously, you're in, if when they go with that Murray-up offense, at up-temple, it's going to be it's going to be difficult for the opponents to make substitution changes. So you're going to spread teams out. And these guys should be getting separation, just having Hop on the field and Hollywood Brown. This offense will look a lot different just based on separation, regardless if Hop is on there. But, again, we know last year technically eight uh, red zone touchdowns, so he's going to be a target. But you can go five wide – four wide receivers, and then throw an Ertz in there and pick your poise. Now they got to cover the entire field.
0: Last season, Marquise Brown, 91 catches or 1,000 yards, six touchdowns in 16 games. He's played at least 16 games in each of the past two seasons, so you can rely on Marquise Brown being on the football field. And overall, as far as that deep threat, that Target as far as being able to take the top off the defenses. Since he entered the league in 2019, MJ, 11 touchdowns of 20 or more yards. That is tied for third in the NFL. And that is something that this offense had been missing. Once upon a time, it was thought, okay, maybe it's Andy Isabella. Now, all of a sudden, you can. Be a little bit more judicious with Rondell Moore as far as where you play him inside outside. But I would think if you're going to play tomorrow, DeAndre Hopkins on one side, Marquise Brown on the other side, Rondell Moore in the slot. And you see where you want to put Zachers, whether that's as an extra blocker and then he flares out or in the slot again and you're running four wide with a one wide receiver as the tight end. And then A.J. Green just becomes the guy that can come in and spell a, a receiver or depending on down and distance and where the ball is on the football field.
1: Yeah, you mentioned uh, 10 of those touch, uh, ten of those uh, big plays were on touchdown. He had 21 in the last three years. Um, he, as you uh alluded to me a little bit earlier, he's made progress every single year. His first year, he had 710 yards, seven touchdowns. His second year, 965, eight touchdowns. Last year, 1,008 yards, six touchdowns, 21 and 10s coming from uh, the big play ability. And that's something where the Rams benefited from with Odell Beckham and Cooper Cup. I mean, it, I mean nothing against Tyler Lockett or um, Robert Woods. I'd rather have a young, healthy Hollywood Brown in my offense.
0: So the reaction as far as what fans are thinking about with this move. Now, we've been talking about it and hyping up the NFL draft party presented by Arizona Ford dealers out on the Great Lawn outside State Farm Stadium on Thursday nights. And, well, all right, so you didn't get to hear the commissioner announce with the 23rd overall pick, the Car- Arizona Cardinals select player whomever. But what those fans did get an opportunity to see and hear is Hollywood Brown himself. How about owner Michael Bidwell going out, flying to pick up Brown and bring him one of his first stops? In the state of Arizona, is at the draft party out at State Farm Stadium. He was all smiles. So yeah, maybe some disappointment because you want that new face, that new kid, that fresh face, if you will. Ah, that's okay. We'll we'll just give you a, a wide receiver that's coming off a thousand yards. And oh, by the way, here he is, and you can hear from him. So that was the, that was the exclusive experience at the Cardinals NFL Draft Party out at State Farm Stadium on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, you know, reports are out that Michael Bidwell announced to the crowd uh, the draft party on the trade that was something Hollywood wanted. He was expressing it, and the fact that he was able to go pick him up and bring him to the draft party, that's better than, you know, picking a player where you're, you're not going to see him at least for a day or so press conference-wise, and, and the fact that, you know, Kyler Murray's on board, like I said, I, I I don't know if they could have done a better job here. Um, and, and again, when it comes to trades, uh, Steve Keim is right up there with a lot of guys. And, you know, he talked about it all week. Hey, if I need to go up, I'll go up. You and I thought, you just don't have the ammo. But here he makes a trade and he acquires a pick, give him up only the 23rd over a pick. He's under contract for a few years, 50-year option. So, like I said, I, you know, We'll temper it because they still got to protect Kyler Murray. they still got to stop the run. they still got to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, but I do think adding Jeff Gladney uh, allow this team to little at least pull back a little bit by drafting a corner because they could have drafted a corner if they stayed there at 23 because some of the linemen were coming off the board. I mean, uh, I would think, you know, maybe Tyler Lindenbaum. Um, but, again, he only plays one position. You, you need a guy to come in and play right away, and you don't have to wait for a rookie to develop. This guy's a well oiled machine.
0: Well, and you think about what is on the other side of this 2022 regular season. The Super Bowl is where? State Farm Stadium, right in your own backyard. So why wait when, and I don't want to say all in because I, it's so easy to say teams are going all in. They're going for it. Every team is trying they to. They should. Win. And it's a matter of, all right, how do you figure out how to? build that team and the idea here was to find someone that is known and I'll go back and had an opportunity to talk with Steve Keim during our Cardinals Draft Central show earlier on Thursday and I went back and told him went back to something that he said during his pre-draft press conference when he was asked about re-signing your own free agents the known versus the unknown you know what you're going to get Cardinals, yes. It is a little bit of an unknown with Marquise Brown because he's not been in your building. But as far as production at this stage in the National Football League, three seasons worth versus a rookie. Nothing against the players that were drafted, uh, Drake London, uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. But you just don't know. Are they going to be productive in year one? Here, the expectation is Marquise Brown comes in running and should be able to, again, given the history with Kyler Murray, kind of welcome in everyone and be able to go full speed.
1: Well, you know, you and I sit across from each other, and when the Rams got Allen Robinson, we're like, oh, man, the rich get richer. I mean, I don't have the list in front of me, but I I think if you look at the top four Cardinal wide receivers, they would probably be in the top five or seven in the entire National Football League with the addition of Marquise Brown. And then we talked about the tandem at tight end, the best they've had since they moved here in 1988. Zach Ertz and Max Williams, and then James Connor, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, if Kingsbury's got to be licking his chops because this is the offense he really wanted to run, but you got to be patient about it. And 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 the fact is that uh, nothing against rookies because you know obviously that you can get them on a four or five year deal, but I like the fact that. Um, they own his rights. I don't mean to be redundant, but that's an important part of the trade because you're not trading a guy on an expiring contract hoping he's going to resign where he's going to bet on himself and he has a great year and he's looking the grass is greener. Well, uh, he's going to be here for at least a few years, possibly two or three years.
0: Well, I want to touch on that in a moment here, but we talked about the fans out at State Farm Stadium. What about the fans in Las Vegas for the draft, those Cardinal fans? And we got a little bit of reports, our colleague up there on the third floor, Nick Erickson. Fan development and loyalty coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals took a group of Cardinal fans to Las Vegas. And, again, you're waiting for that commissioner to stand up and say who the Arizona Cardinals select. Didn't happen. But the trade was announced. And, according to Nick, fans very excited. And you have to be excited about the prospects of Marquise Brown within this offense because of what it means. Now, all of a sudden, it's just not, all right, you take DeAndre Hopkins off the field, you still have other players to utilize, whether that's Brown, whether that's Green, whether that's Ertz, whether that's Connor, and all of a sudden it doesn't become, the offense doesn't become reliable on just one
1: player. Yeah, like you always say, find a way, and the good news is um, they only invited 20 players to the draft, so the, possibly if the Cardinals would have selected a player, he may not have been there, so now they can react, and it they do a great job uh with this their itinerary they're they're busy you know they're they're obviously season ticket holders and there's a benefit of being that so um uh, and and again a lot of people are going to stay there with a weekend it's not just one night um we know uh our guy nick has done a great job and uh they were i think they flew out was it wednesday wednesday and got settled and obviously the, the itinerary is you know this and this to keep you busy so that's one of the benefits of being a season ticket holder. but yeah it's I mean, you like to see the player, but I don't know if that player would have been there. So now you know the player, and you don't have to worry about, hey, who do they pick? Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, as we speak here on
0: Thursday night at the end of Day 1, Round 1 of the 2022 NFL Draft. And now let's get to what this means for the Cardinals, not just short-term, but long-term, because... As we heard now officially, Kyler Murray had his fifth year option exercise. Kai mentioned that Marquise Brown, 25th overall selection in that 2019 draft class in which Kyler Murray was the number one overall pick. They plan, the Cardinals plan to exercise that fifth year option. But the Cardinals have been very vocal, have been very open about Kyler Murray as the franchise quarterback. He is going to be here long term. The Arizona Cardinals do not make this trade for Brown, in my opinion, just for this season and next season. What this move should tell everyone is that Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown are becoming one and two as far as your offense is concerned. Now they can grow together. Teammates at Oklahoma, 2017 and 2018. And now teammates once again, still early on, and their professional careers.
1: And and this offense should not get stagnant. You know, we talk about what happens in the second half of the season, if they're going to make adjustments, Cardinals, and clearly they got to stay healthy, just like any other team. But this offense will not be stagnant. Uh, they'll be able to put points on the board. I mean, it may be one of those situations when they are 7-0 and 10-2, and Craig, to where you get a lead in the fourth quarter and you just pound the football. Like, th- let's not get cute here. But the the way they finish the season is how everyone's going to judge them. But this offense should not be stagnant, even if one guy goes out. And I don't care if it's Hop. Brown, they have enough players around them, and now you got to protect Kyler Murray.
0: And knock on wood that everyone stays healthy, but that's what you have. You have this depth at wide receiver. You have depth at tight end. You have depth at running back. Obviously, there's a drop-off when you lose the starter, but that is something that's an offense. You cannot have a repeat of what happened a year ago when DeAndre Hopkins missed that end of the regular season to where the offense literally went downhill and downhill
1: fast. And and even if hop goes down now you're asking these guys to play 17 games, sign me up for every guy to play at least 15 games. You know, I love the 17 games. It's it's obviously then you get in the postseason. And I think, you know, when, when, when the rankings come out, I think you're going to see the Cardinals probably top five or six offense, offense, being able to put points on the board, scoring in the red zone. And, you know, I think Matt Prater, with the healthy Andy Lee and Aaron Brewer, he's going to have a great year. And Cliff, Cliff can sit there and kick, you know, 55, 60 yard field goals. But now you've got some weapons. You get them closer in field goal range. We don't like the extra point field goals. Score touchdowns, and that's something the team wasn't able to do down the stretch.
0: Cardinals averaged. 26.4 points per game last season. That should they go were up. 11th in the league. Nine times they scored 30 or more points. I'm not going to say 30 is the magic number, but, heck, early on last season, 30 was the benchmark. 30-plus points, 400-plus yards of total offense, and all of a sudden it just – didn't quite work. Now you got to be able to sustain that, or at least be able to move the football up and down the field and score enough points to where you're not struggling in that looking back. I don't. Again, this is not the be all end all, but it certainly does answer one of the bigger questions we had this offense playmaker question we asked last off season, and they answered it with AJ Green. You bring back AJ Green for year two, and now you have that future piece along with the Rondell Moore to kind of pair with the young. Quarterback
1: in Kotlin Murray, Craig. You write the capsules for our for the Cards Cover Two podcast, and we I, we use the words "help wanted," looking for number two, and they checked that box. And it's not a rookie; it's a well-established receiver that's been in the league. Uh, again, it's a home run for me. I, I again, without stating the obvious, you got to stay healthy and. I just look forward to seeing how this offense can come together. And, you know, there's only one ball to go around, but I think everyone's willing to sacrifice, put their hand in the pile, and say, it's about winning. We want to win. And the Cardinals are, host, you know, the, the suit well this year. So I uh, definitely want to get in the playoffs and try to make a run. And, you know, it's going to come down to physicality, winning at the line of scrimmage, but we know this team can score points if they need to.
0: By the way, you know, we keep making uh, reference to Hollywood and his nickname, Hollywood. I was not aware of where that originated from, it's just always become, you talk about wide receiver Hollywood Brown, everyone knows it's Marquise Brown. You just, you know, that that's who he is. It's, you know, the one word person, but he is a native of Hollywood, Florida and earned that nickname while playing at Oklahoma with Kyler Murray because of the connection of those two for two seasons, 75 catches over 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns that was in 2018 alone when Murray won the Heisman Trophy so the explosiveness of that Oklahoma offense Brown led the nation in receptions of 40-plus yards, 50-plus yards, and 60-plus yards in 2018. You brought up Lincoln Riley already as far as the head coach at Oklahoma then, now at USC, but how much Oklahoma film now does Cliff Kingsbury watch just to see that that connection, that chemistry between quarterback and wide receiver?
1: I got to think, you know, I asked him, I said, when are you going to start, you know, drawing up plays? And and I'm sure he's just thinking about it, but, you know, it's happened, and now he can look at it. We know when we had a chance uh, without the pandemic, you'd walk by his office, he's always watching film. And the fact is the Cardinals had interest in him in the draft. And, you know, obviously Kyler Murray would love to have all these guys, uh, including C.D. Lamb and everyone else, but I just like the fact that, I did not see this coming. I got to be honest with you. I was thinking, you know, I was hoping that they would draft someone that can come in and contribute right away. And they have definitely answered that.
0: Oh, there's no question about it. Kyler Murray, by the way, on social media, on Twitter, quote, let's run it back. Hollywood to the desert. Y'all welcome my boy. End uh tweet. And as again, they have been working out together in Dallas. So, we were asking, you know, if Kyler Murray's not here during the offseason strength and conditioning okay program, now, right? Who's he throwing the football to? Because, well, D Hop's here, Green's here, Moore's here, Wesley's here, Dortch is here, Isabella's here, Bacelli is here. You know, all the wide receivers are here. Well, he's working out with now what we didn't know at the time. And according to Steve Keim, Kyler Murray didn't know it at the time either. They kept these contract or this trade talk kind of quiet because they didn't want it to get out. How difficult can that be? Then? I, I, will give them props because it it did not leak as they like well, to say. in the Well, just like business.
1: the DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, and the fact that he's working out with them and they're close friends, obviously. Um, if they want to keep working out in Dallas, I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm good. I just, I'm looking forward to everyone being here though. For you know, when it gets to the OTAs and the mandatory minicamp, and I'm, I'm actually, I, I don't know, you know, we'll have to wait and see what the rookie minicamp looks like because they're going to obviously address some rookies over the next couple of days.
0: Cardinals still, again, with now three picks on day two plus five picks on day three, you're looking at eight draft picks just without a first-round selection here in 2022. So certainly the draft party at State Farm Stadium, a success. How about Saturday, the draft weekend country concert featuring Ryan Lanco, and Callista Clark on the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. Go to sportsmansparkaz.com for more information. So day one, as we kind of wrap up this What, what kind so of grade so do you give them? For the Cardinals? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm giving them an A. Me too. Now I don't know what everyone else will do, come Friday morning, or waiting until those draft well, grades he, come out on yeah, Sunday. But I
1: think you know, you know those national and analytics guys—they'll come up with a grade. But I mean, A plus. I mean, again, he, he's under contract. Um, you, you also got the hundredth pick in the draft, so now you got three more bites at the apple over the next couple of days, and you know, obviously, we'll see what they do in, on Saturday. But. Uh, they should get a passing grade here. Because anybody they would have taken at 23, I showed you a couple of those simulators. Like if they were to take Traylon Burks, he was ranked 45th on a, on their draft board. And if they were taking him at 23, they, they actually gave me a D minus.
0: <laughs> here are the six wide receivers that went in the first 18 picks. So And the Cardinals were not on the clock until number 23. Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Jamison Williams, Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks, all gone in the first 18 picks. That's a third of the draft through 18 picks, wide receivers. And we talked about Jamison Williams. Does he fall? What about Jahan Dotson getting mocked to the Cardinals at 23? Traylon Burks was a popular choice at number 23. Well, Williams went number 12 to the Lions. Dotson went 16 to Washington in a trade with the saints and then burks goes 18 to the titans so all of those wide receivers off the board and you wonder you know did that influence the cardinals to pull the trigger had the trigger already been pulled and we were just kind of waiting it for it to become official so question the all the inner workings of all that and of course you know these conversations have to occur prior to day one on thursday it's just you don't just pick up the phone and, and and call the Ravens say, hey, you want this first-round draft pick that we have, and we want Marquise Brown. Now, these those conversations had been happening. It just might have been, all right, how is this draft process going to go before the Cardinals said, yeah, this is what we're going to do.
1: And, you know, I think you told us uh, Peter King a couple of weeks ago said you may not see a guy that touches the ball in the top ten there's was only one, and that would have been Drake. Lund. Actually, two.
0: Garrett Wilson went number 10. Okay. So two so, wide receivers right. in the first two You're right. picks. But we were we were close yeah. to having, for the first time ever in NFL draft history, a player not selected in the first 10 picks in which that player touches the ball. We're talking about quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Regularly yeah. touches the ball, but had to wait until the eighth pick overall, Drake London, going to the Falcons.
1: So – Trayvon Walker went number one. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson, what a perfect spot. He played at Michigan, Dan Campbell. Derek Stingley Jr. went to Houston. We talked about that on our mock draft where Lovey lugs will cover corners when you play that cover two. The Jets, gets, the Jets had a great draft. They, they got Sauce Gardner, and then uh, Thibodeau went to the Giants, uh, Icky Inquano, Evan Neal, Drake London, Charles Cross, Garrett Wilson, and, and I and I think Detroit they got probably the best receiver in in Jameis uh, Williams and then you know we talked about Jordan Davis, uh, Kyle Am- Hamilton, uh, Kenyon Green. I mean there uh, there was talk that the Chargers wanted to improve the offensive line to protect uh, Justin Herbert. They get Z- Zion Johnson. Um, the the Titans trade A.J. Brown. Philly gives him four years, a hundred million, and they get Traylon Trey- Burks. You know what? They don't have to pay him all that kind of money. And we did have a quarterback come off the board. Kenny Pickett went to Steelers, of course, shared the same facility. Trent McDuffie, Chiefs, Quay, Quay Walker, Packers. Uh, Elam went to the Bills. We, I think I had him. One of those guys maybe was Dexton Hall. Tyron Smith, Tyrell Lindabon went to the Ravens. Jermaine Johnson, the Jets got three guys. Jermaine Johnson, I think Jeremiah had all three of those guys in his top nine on his big board. Wow.
0: It was fascinating watching how this draft unfolded. The first five picks, all defensive players, then the next five picks, or if you want to go the next seven picks, if you want to count Alave and Williams as far as 11 and 12s, but certainly defensive heavy at the top, and then all of a sudden you saw that run of offensive tackles, that run of wide receivers, and then the Cardinals, of course, with the, I don't know, biggest surprise? Certainly the first surprise of day one, sending their 23rd overall pick to the Baltimore Ravens for Marquise Hollywood Brown and a third round pick this year, number 100 overall.
1: Yeah. And, and we talked about that. You know, I thought the only way to do that is move down and clearly they, they, they were able to, that's, that's, you know, that's smart because here you get an established player and now you pick up another pick and you don't feel like there's so many picks in between you know not having a fourth round pick for the Marco Wilson trade and then the Zach Ertz trade so all of a sudden you got another bite at the apple where coming in, into yesterday you only had a couple of uh, bites at the apple now you're going to get at least three so a solid first day I would think oh it, it's solid i mean i don't i mean i don't know how you can i mean the f- Again, he's still on his rookie contract. I need to emphasize that. I don't know how you could have got a better trade. I mean, A.J. Brown, he got four years, 100000000 million. You got so much money invested in Hopkins. This guy's on his rookie contract, and they're going to pick up the option? No-brainer. I mean, props to them because they, they, they read the tea leaves, Craig. So welcome, Marquise Hollywood Brown, to the
0: Arizona Cardinals. Hope to hear him from him soon on Friday. And then, of course, day two, round second, and third and of course we'll talk about day two as well but uh yeah i like i like how this all kind of trans uh transpired kind of threw everything for a loop and all that pre-draft prep as far as the first round is concerned thrown out the window but hey it's okay
1: it's okay i can look up how brown and look what he's done to compare to any rookie how many of these rookies will have 21 touchdowns in the next three years It's a good question Hey, great job with you and Danny Serect. I enjoyed it. That's that's great coverage. You're going to be again on tomorrow.
0: Cardinals Draft Central on Friday and Saturday when the Cardinals pick in round two, their second pick in round three, and then the tail end in the seventh round will be able to uh, come on again. But that's Cardinals Draft Central on Twitter, YouTube, and the Cardinals mobile app. And
1: I know there's a lot of work that goes in it behind the scenes. You know, I I can make a list of everyone, but it was I thought it came off really well. Um, this is really the first time we've been back here since Kyler Murray was drafted. Otherwise, everything's been shoot, – shoot, the GMs were at their own house. Roger Goodell was doing it from his cellar. I ran into Steve Kime
0: before we had him on the show for the first time in like two years. <laughs> first time
1: in two years I had a chance to run into the general manager. Yeah, he's he's. I'm sure he's going to be happy. Uh, he's going to sleep well tonight, not worrying. like. They they reach for someone. They did not reach for anybody in this draft. At least this and again it's you you project someone that fits your scheme, and then you got to coach them up. Um, and I'm sure Sean Jefferson's smiling right now. I know Kingsbury is. I mean, Kyler Murray, Zach Ertz, everyone's gonna somebody's gonna get a somebody's gonna get open in this offense now. Craig. It should not be stagnant. I don't care if one of our top receivers or the Cardinals' top receivers misses the game. This should not like it was last year they should be able to go full go and continue to put points on the board should we do it again on friday oh i'm here buddy i'm right. here i'm, I'm excited I, I mean usually after the draft you come home and you kind of all right what you know what's this guy's background we know the background we know that we know where he went to school you give the history of the, of the origin of the name no i am good i ain't gonna sleep good tonight